When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Today is a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. Answering your questions, Ole Miss baseball is in Hoover for the SEC tournament. Mike Bianco is going with Doug Nikhazy on short rest. No, I don't love it either. A bunch of topics to get to, but first, Brad, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? How you been? I feel terrible. Absolutely terrible. We were talking about this. It's late at night on Monday. It's the most adult thing ever. On Saturday, I go to my first cousin's wedding. It's a dry reception, which is the most Mississippi thing ever. It's not on the bride and groom. Their wishes it comes true on this glorious and majestic of days. It's on the groomsmen to deliver for the reception guests. In Mississippi, dry receptions happen. And then two days later, I get the stomach bug because one of my kids got it. So I'm just adulting the hell out of life right now. (laughs) You think that you think that dry wedding is is more of a like religious belief thing or like I'm trying to save on my budget kind of thing because um, no, those bar tabs can get pretty expensive when you go open bar at a wedding. It's totally a Southern Baptist thing. Methodists don't mind if you drink. Episcopalians, they're all about it. <laughs> Southern Baptist, it's hit or miss. My wedding reception was a Southern Baptist wedding reception, and my mom was like, "Don't have alcohol." And I'm like, "Okay, mom, is that just like you have to say it?" And she went, "Yeah." I went, "Oh, okay, cool." And my friend set up a keg outside of the building. And everybody would just go around and come back in. It's so dumb, but everybody knew what everybody was doing. I'm just getting on to the groomsmen who I know listen to this podcast because they said, oh, you're going to talk about this on Talk of Champions next week, aren't you? You're damn right I am. Absolutely. <laughs> and two days later, I get the stomach bug, and I'm blaming it on this groomsmen too. I haven't gotten to get drunk in a long time. I'm 35, married with two kids. It sounds like, um, it sounds like we shouldn't bring up my wedding. I mean, mine was, um, my little brother got so, so smashed. He was trying to kiss all my wife's friends and everything else. So that, um, was not the traditional wedding to say the least. That's not good. My twin brother's wedding was not a huge wedding, very good crowd, but I was his best man. And I was just so convinced drunk. Me was so convinced I had to give a speech and man, (laughs) Did not go well. It's one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. I only remember bits and pieces. And I was told, maybe they're trying to let me down easy. I was told it started really rocky. And then I settled in and delivered pretty well by the end. But I'm starting out calling out all his ex-girlfriends. Never the place you want to start after your brother, your twin brother, has just gotten married. I love it. Listen, I, I will say that I've, now that I've gotten a lot older, I love getting invited to weddings. I'm actually going to two this month. I already went to one in Scottsdale, Kyle Long, my old teammate. I'm going to one in Utah th- this next weekend. And the best part about it is, man, there's nothing like me and my wife love getting away one and two. You get like this nice free meal. I mean, it's it, that weddings I love when I get invited. You get to go 
eat a couple of free meals and have a good weekend. So I'm excited. I got to get one more this month and I'm can't wait to get invited to the next one. See, I love going to weddings too. I just like alcohol. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> now something bad probably would have happened. Like it did at my twin brother's wedding reception where I was just convinced drunk that I gotta, I gotta give it house. Mike Bianco <laughs> is convinced he has to start Doug Nikhazy Tuesday night against Auburn in the first game of the SEC tournament on short rest. What do you think about that? Why? I mean, I, I don't know, man. I mean, honestly, I, I wish we, I wish we wouldn't, I wish we would save him for if we, if we actually won a couple games and had a chance at it, but I don't, I don't know why you, why you roll him out there. I'm not, not a huge fan of it, but you know what? He's the coach. And, um, if I'm not mistaken, Doug usually throws bullpens on Tuesday is the way I understand it. And, um, may, maybe he's just going to bring him out there for a couple innings or, or what, I don't know, but I, I feel like we probably could win that first one without him, um, then potentially go on to the next one and have him ready. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, there's, there's no correct way to play the SEC tournament, man. You don't ever want to show up and say that it doesn't matter. Um, but at the end of the day, this, this regional is going to mean more than anything. So, um, whatever, whatever gets him ready for that. D1 baseball had Ole Miss projected hosting the Oxford regional with a two seed Louisiana tech matched up, I think with Arizona. That's a tough draw. Doesn't matter. The sec Oof. tournament is now. And Mike Bianco, I talked about this when Gunnar Hogan went down. You can throw out any type of scenario you want, any idea that you think might work. Always go with the most obvious with Mike, because that's what he's going to do. Derek Diamond slides into the rotation, the weekend rotation, because Gunner's down. Who starts game one of the SEC tournament? His best pitcher. My only concern, like it is with you, is the Oxford Regional. Ole Miss can beat a four seed without starting Doug. You could actually argue and probably come out on top in that argument. If you said Ole Miss has a better opportunity to advance by holding Doug for the higher seed. Because Ole Miss just does not have the starting pitching depth or the relief pitching depth that it needs to play out a long regional. It just doesn't. A three-game super regional, they can make it through. But when it comes to the SEC tournament, I wasn't surprised. I see both sides of it. I really do. And that might surprise some people. I wouldn't have done it, but I'm not the manager. He's the manager. And I wasn't surprised also because this is what Mike Bianco does. I would have started Jack frickin' Doherty. What the hell do I know? I'm just a dude behind a mic. I have no clue. But the deal with Doug is this. As long as he's held for the second day in the regional, I'm good. Because the SEC tournament doesn't matter, Brad. It really doesn't. Yeah, Ole Miss could play its way into a national seed, but that means it probably has to win the whole thing. Be honest with yourself. Does Ole Miss have the weapons, have the bullets in the gun to win the SEC tournament in 2021? No. But if you want to win one and then maybe just lose the next two and get out of there, maybe this is the way to go. You don't want to go one and done. Maybe that's what he's thinking. And the only way to avoid one and done is Doug. So I see both sides of it. It comes back to how he handles the regional. Because if in the regional, Doug's going on that first day against the number four, I got real questions. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you're right. I, I guess I guess since it is a single elimination that first game, it does kind of make sense to say, hey, um, let's at least win that first one. Then we get two more shots at it. And you're thinking by the time you get to to day two and three, you're facing other teams, number two and three pitcher two. And then you're thinking, hey, I can – I could potentially have to score 15 runs to win, which I may be able to off of off of most teams' number three pitcher. So um, I, I can I can see both sides of it as well. That now now that it is a single elimination that first game, but yeah, you're right. The regional is is all that really matters this year. 
Um, yeah, I, I certainly think he should be he should be pitching the second day, assuming that that we can beat the four. Which which if we can't beat the four, it doesn't matter anyways. We we weren't we aren't going to win the regional. So um, I, I think he definitely definitely don't pitch him the first game of the regional. What kind of message does it send to your players if you say, okay, we're not going with our best guy on day one in a single elimination game? Maybe had they started on Wednesday when it's double elimination, had they gotten one of those top four seeds, maybe then he does hold up. Maybe. Maybe. And keeps him on regular rest. Maybe he does that. But what kind of message does it send? Now, granted, in a different sport completely, but as a former player, you know this. That stuff does matter. But players don't want to believe they're going in there and thinking, okay, guys, let's just settle for one, lose the next two, and get out of there. Because we can't really improve our standing here. They're not thinking that way. They're going into it thinking they're going to win the whole thing. Of course they believe they're going to win the thing. Yeah, as a player, you got to think they don't have that mindset we have um, as fans thinking, hey, it don't really matter. When they go all the way down to Hoover, they're, they're going to be in that thing to compete. They're going to treat it like a real tournament. They're all going to play their tails off, and it's going to mean something to them. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're certainly going to be down there, down there to compete, and you definitely don't want that mindset going into the regional. I, I've actually experienced this before. In Arizona, we were playing a meaningless game. You know, it didn't really matter for the playoffs. We were 13-2. and two. Seattle crushed us like 36 to, to three or something crazy. And I, I'm telling you, it, it actually affected us going into the playoffs. Um, that loss we never really recovered from, and, and we ended up losing pretty quickly in the playoffs. So, yeah, you definitely don't want to set your mind up for a, um, you know, hey, it doesn't matter kind of deal and going into a regional. You go in there, compete, and, and if you lose, you lose. But, um, yeah, you, yeah you, you definitely go in there and, and play your best. To make it crystal clear, I would not have done it. I would have pitched Jack Doherty has nothing to do with thinking that Doug doesn't give him the best chance to win. He does. He's their best pitcher. I just want to keep my ace, the last ace remaining, on his regular rest. I just wouldn't want to test it at all. I think Jack Doherty can go in there and stuff it against Auburn. That's me. But that's not Mike, and he wants to send a different message. So while I wouldn't have done it, I see both sides of it. And I think sometimes people get a little too worked up about this kind of stuff, this stuff in particular. He's going to be on regular rest for the Oxford Regional next week. I just don't think it's that big of a deal as long as he doesn't go seven innings and throw 120 pitches a couple of days after he threw 115. I have to wonder if Mike's just going to keep him in there. As long, if, he's, if he's doing well and his pitch count's low, keep him in there, whatever. You know, he gets out there and he starts getting hit around a little bit or his pitch count gets up. I think Mike takes him out and um, uses this as more of a, hey, a, a bullpen-type day, whatever. Um, I think you just leave him in there as long as it's going well. If it gets to going sideways, you say, hey, it's time to rest him and, and you pitch a bullpen. Because he does pitch his bullpen on Tuesdays. It's like a sim game, so he goes three innings or so. That's ideal. Then coming in relief is Jackson Kimbrell probably. If you get three more innings out of him. Or Brandon Johnson, who's really emerged late in the season. Mm -hmm. He comes in, finishes it for him, or at least gets to Taylor Broadway. You get one, and then you just figure it out. And if you lose the next two, who cares? Because, again, you're not even guaranteed to be a national seed if you get to Sunday. You probably have to win the whole thing. So, for me, almost doesn't have a lot to gain in Hoover this week. But you'll still get all the coverage possible on the Omosphere at omosphere.com and affiliated 247 Sports. That's the website that I write for. This is Talk of Champions. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. You can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. doesn't matter. Spotify, Amazon Music, you name it. You can find Talk of Champions just by simply searching Talk of Champions. He's Bradley Sal. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. Let's go to your questions. But first... Let's hear from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman.
Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. The mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Open up the Modern Woman mailbag. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Bradley Sal. Let's start with my buddy David Collier at David L. Collier. I love this question. It's the perfect place to start. We've been talking all about Ole Miss baseball. It's the Omaha Chase. It's officially the postseason. What's more likely? Ole Miss finds enough pitching and the bats stay hot and make an Omaha run. Or Ole Miss football gets to a New Year's Six Bowl game this fall. Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I, I'd like to say that I'd like to say, for the, you know, obviously I think we have a better chance of getting Omaha. Oh, crap, sorry about that. I'd, I'd like to say that there's obviously we get to um, have a better chance going to Omaha, but um, yeah, it kind of works, works both ways on, on football, assuming our defense is, is much improved and really good. You know, there's a chance there as well, but I mean, baseball is a little bit more likely, man, until, until I see Alabama's down and, and, um, you know, Auburn's and all the other LSUs are down. Um, you know, it's hard to say we're going to make it to that playoff this year, but I, th- I think we are going to be very competitive and just like last year, we'll be in every single game that we play. And it's going to be a matter if Ole Miss can get over the hump to, to, to get to that next level. But um, I mean, man, baseball, we, we have the talent to do it. We just got to get hot in the regional and get hot in the super. I mean, it's, it's, it's a much easier path in, in baseball. That's right. And that's why you still pick Ole Miss in baseball rather than the New Year's Six. The path is easier as long as Mike sets it upright with Doug not going that first game in the Oxford Regional. Because if he goes in the first game in the Oxford Regional, you're going to be the fourth seed. If you can't be the fourth seed with your second or third guy, you don't deserve to advance. So Doug just can't pitch on that first day. It's an easier path. Now, history says... The New Year's Six Bowl is more likely than Omaha because what is the record? And Omaha advancement opportunities, Ole Miss is 1-7 under Mike Bianco. So history says the NY6. I say Omaha even without Gunnar Hoagland only because, like you mentioned, the path is so much easier. And we don't even know what the SEC West is going to look like in football. We just don't know. We don't know. We know Ole Miss has the best returning quarterback in the league. But Jerry Ely is coming back from a shoulder injury. 
You lost Royce Newman. You lost Elijah Moore. I think Kenny Yeboah is replaceable. Defensively, we think they're going to be improved. They were horrific last year in the 120s or something like that. So even if they're better, how much better are they? And is it enough? Because they're not all the way fixed. Yeah, the talent's better, but you're relying on freshmen, JUCO guys. It takes JUCO guys a little bit longer than most of us want to give them to get settled in. Forget freshmen. JUCOs usually take about six games. So we don't even know what Ole Miss is going to get out of Isaiah Eiton, Jamon Gordon. We don't know. So I would say Omaha. I would say Omaha. Jeremy McCauley at McCauley underscore Jerry. Do we have any indications that the offensive line coach hire can recruit effectively? Um, you know what? Honestly, you know, the, the O-line coach that, that we got, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really like, I'm really like anybody else. You know, there's just a lot of unknown about him with, with going into the, this situation. I knew it was going to be a guy like that, but everything I'm reading, everything I'm hearing, um, I mean, it sounds, it sounds like he's a, he's an energetic dude. Apparently he absolutely impressed the crap out of him in his interviews. And, um, you know, you got to start somewhere, man. I mean, every coach at some point gets a chance at a, at a big school, and this is his chance. I mean, it's a, so really to judge him right now, we don't know. We don't, we don't know how, how he's going to be. I mean, but um, don't think that, that Lane just brought him in the interview and wasn't extremely impressed. He just hired a dude, a random dude. He hired this guy because he did something in, in, in it, the interview that really impressed them all. So um, I got to say he's probably, you know, they probably made a really good decision here if I had to guess. Yeah, he beat out a guy in Alec Ablin from Tennessee who was an analyst at Ole Miss under Kiffin, a familiar face. Familiar with the players. Beat him out because he impressed Lane Kiffin in the interview process. First reported was this hire by the Ole Miss Spirit, David Johnson of the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, affiliated 247 Sports. He comes to Ole Miss after spending the 2020 season as the run game coordinator and offensive line coach at Gardner-Webb. So, yes, you're right. This is exactly the type of hire we expected it to be. It would have been damn near impossible to try to go poach some tenured offensive line coach at another big school or something like that. It was going to have to be an up-and-comer. I thought it would be somebody with a little bit more history. See, I expected it to be either Alec Ablin or Phil Lodeholt. Turned out to be Jake Thornton. So he had to do something to beat out those two guys who had history with Lane. So he impressed in the interview. And that tells me, because I know what Lane was looking for. One, he wanted somebody that's dynamic online. Because Lane's a big believer in that. You have to be active. So the youth aspect, along with somebody that will be a little bit more out there online, all of those things, as well as what he thinks he can be as an offensive line coach, played into him beating out two guys who had history with Lane. Now, I think throughout this process, too, I think Lane probably made a lot of calls, if I had to guess. And, um, you know, it, it sounds like to me that the most likely thing is someone in Alabama, I don't know if it was saving or what, probably let told Lane like hey this this guy re- really vouched for him I mean with him being in Alabama it had to come from somewhere someone in that program that thought he could be the next big time coach so um I'm sure Lane vetted him pretty well and then at the same time um you know he he is he is coming from a, from a different school and there was hasn't really been this offense much so that's that's the only thing he's got to get up to par and make sure that learning curve is good but I think he's probably a guy that can just just by all accounts a young energetic guy a young, hungry guy is um, so, sometimes that, that can carry you a long way, especially when you're trying to prove yourself. So um, if I had to guess, they're going to get his best shot and his best energy, and that, that's really all you can ask at this point. Michael, at McCarty Less Party, short list of schools Lane would leave for after this season, and what kind of money would it take, assuming we still don't have the details on his new extension, which we don't, because they're hiding it in the Loyalty Foundation. That's what they do. They hide the details, and you can't 
request those through a freedom of information request. You'll never hear the buyout unless Keith Carter just straight up tells you. That's why I keep asking him every time he's on this podcast, hey, what's the buyout language? What's the language, period? And he said that, I think it was a month ago when he was on this podcast, that he was going to release the terms pretty soon. Well, it's almost June now. Let's go. We need to know. Anyway, sorry. If he did leave after this year, is Levy named the new coach, or do they do a full search? Well, here's the thing. I mean, it, that's a hard question to answer right now because you don't know who's going to randomly have a bad year. You don't know what, what jobs are going to be available. And um, quite frankly, I mean, he's had some of the bigger time jobs. He's had USC. He's had Tennessee. He's had the Raiders. Um, you know, maybe this is the job he wants to say. Who knows? I mean, you just don't know what comes available. and You don't know who comes to him and writes him a blank check. And at the same time, if he does leave, that means Ole Miss won 10, 11 plus games and, and likely won the SEC. So, um, yeah, I mean, if he did leave, we'd be in a much better place than we were. We hope not. Hope he stays. Um, if he does leave, I, I would fully expect a, a Jeff Levy to be the head coach or the leading candidate for it, assuming our offense yeah. performed at the level last year. Probably so. Um, he's always going to have a wandering eye. That's just who he is, and it's okay that that's who he is. It doesn't matter. We need to stop acting like loyalty in college football is a big deal. It's not. All you care about is on Saturdays, did Ole Miss win today? And if Ole Miss won today, you're good. You hired a mercenary. The mercenary of all mercenaries, because all head coaches are mercenaries. But he's a hired gun to come in, make Ole Miss nationally relevant, competitive immediately, dynamic on the recruiting trail. He's done all the things you could possibly want him to do. He was the only candidate in that search that could bring what he's brought, which is immediate national recognition. So if he leaves, so be it. He did exactly what he was hired to do. And he's going to always have a wandering eye. He absolutely was interested in the Auburn job. So in my opinion, if a Miami of Florida came open, that's uniquely set up for Lane Kiffin. Like Ole Miss was uniquely set up for Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss was just in the gutter. They just weren't interesting. Miami's not Miami anymore. Do you really think about Miami as far as the national conversation anymore? No, you don't. So Miami would be uniquely qualified, like Ole Miss was, to make the offer to Lane Kiffin. But you have to look at schools like that. Who's kind of fallen behind? Maybe they were a national program at one time, but they aren't that anymore. Who else fits that description? UCLA. Nothing is worse than just being completely irrelevant. Ole Miss is not that anymore. It's completely interesting on a national scale. UCLA is not relevant right now. They're uniquely positioned like Ole Miss was to make that offer and hire the hired gun to do what he did at Ole Miss. So that's what it would be. Now, Ole Miss, if it wanted to try to hold on to him, it would just have to up it, whatever it is now, up it that much more, make him a top 10 paid coach. What's the commitment level for Miami or whatever school made that offer? But Auburn wasn't in that position like Ole Miss was. Auburn wasn't interested in Lane Kiffin. But I agree with you. I think Levy would be a leading candidate. But I also think that Keith would cast a wide net. If there was a search, you would be in the perfect position, a position you would have not ever been in if not for hiring Lane Kiffin. So whatever, man, just don't worry about it. That's my whole deal. Yeah, it'd be a bummer, whatever. But Ole Miss would still be nationally relevant because Lane Kiffin did what he was hired to do. Everybody worried about Lane Kiffin. Will he leave? Will he stay? He bought a house. Who cares? It just doesn't matter. Jody Kitchens at jkitchens1810 any update on Jerion Ely's shoulder? No, not really. But when he went down, the word I got was that it wasn't going to be a long-term thing. 
he would sit out for six months or whatever it was, rehab, all good for the fall. So he'll be ready to go once fall practice starts. Didn't he dress out a little bit in the spring? Yeah, he was he was out there close to the end. I don't think he got any contact, but um, yeah. The, the good thing, luckily, the good thing about a shoulder injury in football is it, it doesn't affect your legs that much. So you're still able to kind of kind of do some squats. You're still able to kind of run a little bit, maybe not full speed, but with really getting after that shoulder. But it, it, it's I don't think a shoulder injury is going to set him quite back like like some of the other ones could. Good thing it wasn't a leg or or somewhere like that. But a shoulder, once you get it kind of fixed and heal, you 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 should be able to keep your legs under you. And he was getting out there in the spring, so. I fully expect him to be to be full go, and I'm glad they actually got it fixed. Any problem that he had, so it doesn't linger over into next season, especially a season as important as that. And he's a huge part of this offense, so it's going to be nice to have him full go. It is a bummer though for Ole Miss baseball because he'd have probably been starting center field. It is what it is. Any timeline? Jody asks for Casey Kelly. Will he be available at all this year? I expect him to be, but obviously there's concern. That's an ACL tear, right? Yeah, that's a, that. That's the most ACLs. I mean, it's he he should. He should have a chance, but it's just one of those things, man. Whenever you get an ACL, it's just it, it really – your leg gets a little bit smaller. I mean, it's just it takes a while to get back from those because um, you don't get to run, and your leg kind of takes a little while to recover. But um, ho- hopefully he's, hopefully we do see him this year at some point. You must really love Hudson Wolf to not take a tight end, knowing that we're not positive Casey Kelly's going to be available the entire year, if at all, because ACLs, you just cannot gauge that. Yeah, I mean, it's – I'm telling you, my, my thought on that is this, that there, there may have been another player of, of need or, or, or another player that that out there that they wanted to give the scholarship to. Maybe it was maybe it was the D lineman they were waiting on and they were keeping the kid on the hook. I don't know. But um, but but I will say this, that it's not like they're just going to quit trying. And I, I think they're thinking they maybe can land someone or have someone in mind. They have to. I mean. They, um, you know, the, they simply passed on the kid, and um, I, I think it was for the simple fact that hey, we have to be very picky here, and um, you know, I, I think some some people within really liked him and said, hey, this guy would be totally fine. Let's work with him. I think some some others were um, were thinking we could do better. So, um, yeah, certainly would like to take him, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. I, I don't think Ole Miss is gonna. I don't think Trey Bear was gonna make us win more games. I, I, I just don't think it was it was that big of a big of a miss like some people are acting like Preston Denley at PG Denley what's the reason Greer Holston never really pitched this year I thought his velocity was back still a confidence issue the velocity was back the command never returned he's just never been able to find it like he had it in what 2018 or whatever it was when he went down with the yips he just could not throw strikes the velocity dipped significantly to the low 80s he did build the velocity back up but the command never returned so that's why Mac Howell at Coach Howell 15 with the current state of the Ole Miss bullpen coupled with a massive loss of Gunnar Hoagland. What are the reasonable expectations for this team going into the postseason? Offense is potent, but pitching wins championships. Go to Omaha. You know what's crazy? I'm almost more worried about the regional than I would be with Super Regional because you look, you know, three-game series versus Vandy. I mean, that's one of the top teams in the nation. They're throwing two, two top ten pitchers, and we go out there and beat them in a series. I mean, I feel good about a super regional. If we can get to the regional, if we if we drop one game in the regional and have to go deep into the bullpen, I'm I'm telling you, it's it's absolutely terrifying. I think the regional is going to be tougher to get out of than, than the super regional. We make it to the super this year, we have what it takes. You're going to run Doug out there on Friday, and it's 90% chance it's going to be a win. And then the next two days, I mean, the offense kind of picks you up. You get one decent performance from one of the guys, and and I mean, I I could see us going to Omaha this year, um, but getting out of that regional, it's going to take great strategic pitching. We're going to have to, we can't drop one early, or it's just going to be tough for for this team. 
For this team, critical for this run is Brandon Johnson, Jackson Kimbrell, Jack Doherty. But Ole Miss proved against Vanderbilt it can outslug anybody too. Yeah, Ole Miss beat Kumar Rocker. Doug Nikhazy outpitched, outdueled Kumar Rocker and beat him 3-1. But then two days later, just outslugged Vanderbilt so it can overcome its pitching with its offense. Mason King at May, lay May 1. Let's say you have three baseball teams with the same record slash numbers as Ole Miss. One season went exactly like the Rose. The other won the first 38 in a row and then lost the last 17. The other lost 17 in a row, then won the last 38. How do you rank the three teams, all metrics being equal? Ole Miss first, the team that finished well second, and the team that finished poorly third. Because NCAA selection committees no matter the sport, always take into account how you're playing at the end of the year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blue-collar, comma, hard-nosed at hard-nosed 15. Do you agree that if Ole Miss gets past their regional, then you feel fairly confident about their chances to get to Omaha? To me, Ole Miss is set up far better in a three-game series than a regional format. That's kind of been what we've been saying. Yep. Yeah, uh, totally. I mean, I'm telling you, what is in a three-game series versus anybody in the nation? I, I think I think we have what it takes to beat any team in the nation. We've proved that. Um, obviously, you know, Doug has to do what Doug does, and then our bats have to have to outduel them in one of the two games. Um, but certainly in a regional, I get a little nervous early on if we drop a game, first or second game. I mean, who who's that fourth and fifth guy as you roll out there? I mean, you gonna throw Doug on two days rest? I mean, is a, a, a old Pomeranz throwback, or I, I don't know. I mean, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be gonna be tough if we drop one early in the regional. I'm a little bit more worried about the regional than I am if we make it to the Super. But I um, the yeah, I, way. I think, best way that Ole Miss could possibly get out of the regional is just to go 3-0. Just go 3-0. And I know that sounds simple, and everybody wants to go 3-0, and Ole Miss got its ass kicked against Louisiana Tech. Should Louisiana Tech come into Oxford as a two-seed? That would be a scary-ass two-seed. No doubt about it. But if you're Ole Miss and you look at how it's currently constructed, it goes back to the three-game series and why they're better set up for it because of their pitching. So that's why we've been talking so much about don't start Doug on that first day. You need to just go 3-0 to start and get out of the regional. Because if you get to Monday and you have to dip into that pitching depth you don't have, that becomes a very scary thing. And I'm not sure that Ole Miss can withstand it. Even with this offense that has outslugged many teams, outslugged Vanderbilt, it can hang with anybody. I would just rather not see that offense have to put all of it on their shoulders, right? I'd rather them be able to just get out of it, go to whoever they face in a super, and I'd feel like they have a good chance of getting out of it. But now is the time. Now's the time. I know this team has been absolutely snake-bitten with injuries. One of the worst years in Ole Miss baseball history as far as injuries to critical pieces. But when you get to the dance, punch your ticket. And if Ole Miss gets to that place with Omaha on the line and they fall short, God, the response is just going to be absolutely disastrous. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree, man. I mean, it's a, you nailed it on that. It's just a... Um, yeah, it, it it will not be ideal. Yeah, nobody wants to hear it anymore, even though it's unfair for this team in particular. No team is the same. 
No fan out there wants to hear it anymore. They just don't. Did you make it or not? That's just what it is. Kopi P at Pat underscore pathetic. Ben, is there any chance the hockey team will get the tad pad? If not, what are the plans for it? I don't think that the hockey team is going to get the tad pad. The plan for the tad pad is to never tear it down because it would cost too much money first to pay for the asbestos cleanup, apparently. It would cost millions or something crazy. This is what I was told. And then to demolish it is even more millions. And for a university that just does not have a lot of money right now, the tad pad is so low <laughs> on the list of things they want to get done. So that eyesore is just going to be sitting there probably till you and I are buried in the ground. Let's be real. So what will they do with the tad pad? They won't give it to the hockey team. They'll have graduation ceremonies there. Different award ceremonies there. That's what they'll do. Also, Premier League, do you watch? I don't. If not, and need a team to start, come on over to Tottenham. They have an Ole Miss vibe as far as getting close but blowing it. No Arsenal, Chelsea, please. Why would I want to get into the Premier League and pick the Ole Miss light team? Why would I do that? I root for the Cowboys and the Braves. I have enough misery in my sports fandom. Look, man, if I ever got into Premier League, I'm going with Chelsea or Arsenal. Of course I am. Why wouldn't I? I was a Knicks fan in high school. I let go of that fandom a long time ago. Think if I would have kept that fandom, how I would feel right now. So thank God I let go of that, because can you imagine Cowboys, Knicks, Braves, and I covered the Ole Miss Rebels for a living? No, I'm not going to pick Tottenham. Of course I'd pick Chelsea. So I don't watch the Premier League, but damn it, if I ever did, I would go all in with whoever is like the Lakers. Um, yeah, as far as soccer, my only, my only deal with soccer is I signed my kids up one year in Chicago and it was so serious and I had no clue what was going on. If I can't be like that dad that like can help out my kids yeah. <laughs> and rules, yeah. I, I, I was lost, man. I was, I couldn't, I was like, look, run, kick the ball. No clue with defense, no clue offsides. Like, man, if you're raising a deep South, you likely weren't playing a lot of soccer growing up. So I have no, no clue on soccer. I have been the head coach of my daughter's soccer teams since she started when she was five and we have won first every single time. So you're talking to the John Wooden, of New Albany Park Commission Soccer. All right? That's right. Just saying. Will Quinn at Will Quinn 1107. What would need to happen? This is a good question for you, man. What would need to happen for Lane to consider Ole Miss a long-term place of employment? Okay, so so I actually really like this question, and I think that there are some things in the works that, that are going to help this out. So so first things first, we're, we're, we're going to redesign the whole facility. And I, and I know that, that Lane and, and Coach Parchers, a bunch of people have really given in, you know, input on that. And I think really, really you know, upgrading the facilities on top of giving him every resource that, that he needs to, to win here because I know that he probably feels that, that Ole Miss, and I've always felt this way, and a lot of people feel this way, Ole Miss is, is a place that's on the brink. You're really pouring some money into into the little things that matter, like facilities, like you know, recruiting resources, and, and it's really a challenge for for the fan base and the alumni to to you know step up whenever they ask, um, you know, to to add donations for the for the facility or or, or any kind of fundraising they're trying to do to make it better, especially with the stadium. I mean, we're just going to have to keep continuing building up Ole Miss, and, that, and that's going to be on the plates of a, of a lot of alumni and a lot of people to, to open up their pocketbooks and give and, and help us stay up to, up to par with the rest of the SEC teams. And that'll um, I think that, that will ultimately make this a place where, where a coach can come and never have to leave and consider the bigger schools. We got what it takes in the state. We just have to continue to do it. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet, you actually get to experience Ole Miss Athletics events in person. 
What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless even. Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today. Don't wait. Give them a call. 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue. Just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Sheep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. That's well put, well put. Matt Howell. At Coach Howell 15, A&M baseball job officially is open. Mike Clement has ties to the program. Is that a job he's interested in, and what do you think his stock is for a head coaching position? Well, every coach wants to move up. Of course he would have interest in that job. As far as what his candidacy would be, I don't really know, but I do know that he's well and highly thought of in the coaching community. Just like Cliff Godwin, just like Dan McDonald, a lot of schools view him as that next wave of coach that will step in and immediately bring national credibility and immediate winning to a program. So whoever does hire Mike Clement, they'll be hiring a hell of a coach because, number one, he does believe in traditional stuff as far as locker room chemistry and stuff like that, that it matters. But also, he's analytically inclined. And the game, the modern game, you're seeing it so much more now in college. It's already permeated Major League Baseball. But now in the college game, you're starting to see it a lot more, too. Tennessee does it. They're really starting to lean on analytics. Ole Miss doesn't. Ole Miss doesn't shift. Ole Miss doesn't bunt, which is awesome. But Ole Miss doesn't shift. And Ole Miss doesn't do some other things. Like, this offense is one of the best in the SEC, if not the best in the SEC, one of the best in the country. And yet, Mike still believes that his best hitter bats third. And he believes his best hitter is Jacob Gonzalez. Well, if you're analytically inclined, the numbers don't bear that out. If you want to think of it simply... Get your best hitters the most at bats. Just think about it that way. So T.J. McCants has been their best hitter in SEC play. The numbers bear that out. But Hayden Leatherwood continues to hit low, and it baffles me. Peyton Chatney, I mean, he hit 175 for four weeks, and he stayed at two. And that's where you're supposed to put your very best hitter. So if it were me, I would have T.J. McCants batting second, but I'm not going to complain with him leading off. Point being is this. Whoever hires Mike Clement, they're hiring a Mike Bianco disciple, 
and disciples of Mike Bianco have been successful, and they're hiring a guy has really taken to what modern college baseball is. Jared Robinson at Jared underscore R25. I figure Diamond and McDaniel will be the Friday and Saturday night starters next year. I don't think that that's an easy assumption to make. Derek Diamond and Drew McDaniel are not guaranteed to be in that rotation next year. Now, I know you might be saying, well, who is it then? Well, they're not on the roster yet, and they got to watch some draft stuff to where the rotation could be three newcomers. They might have to hit transfer portal hard to get a starter. I don't think they have any other choice. They need competition in that room. Now, I think one of Derek Diamond or Drew McDaniel is going to be on the weekend, but it's no guarantee at all that both of them will be. Who do you think will be the Sunday starter? Also, is there anybody who can replace Broadway as a bullpen arm? I think Brandon Johnson's their closer next year. But I honestly believe their top two arms in the weekend rotation aren't on campus yet. That's my belief. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think I think you got the kid from Tupelo that, that's going to be a strong candidate. He's a really good lefty. Um, saw him pitch this year one time. And then um, if you can get, if somehow get the Jackson Joby kid on campus, I think we'd be good to go there. You got the kid from Jackson Prep that that people are pretty high. Yeah, I think we I think we got some some good talented arms coming in. I'm I'm excited about and it'll all play itself out in the fall. And um, you know some guys will get better. I mean they, they, you can't assume that every guy's going to be the same next year. So um, somebody somebody will emerge. As, as long as we've been Ole Miss baseball fans, as long as we we've watched Ole Miss baseball, very rarely have we went into a season where we thought every pitcher was bad. I mean guys emerge and and that's just what it's all about. Yeah, you're right. But when I was talking about having some luck in the draft, you brought it up. Jackson Joby's who I'm talking about. One of the very top prep arms in the draft. So maybe yeah. signability becomes a problem. Ole Miss gets some Gunnar Hoagland luck there. Yeah. We'll see. Because I think well, offensively here, they're going to return pretty much everybody, and that includes Tim Elko. Yeah, I, I think when you revert to you know some draft luck here, I, I think one thing that people have to take in consideration is – um, you know, coming off the year with COVID, man, I mean, my, my brother-in-law is the um, president of baseball operations for the Milwaukee Brewers and, you know, financially the MLB took a big hit. So I, I think you are going to see some guys that, um, that aren't going to get the kind of money they, they normally would get in the first round, which could lead to some, some of the first rounders and some of the early draft pick kids actually coming to college. So I think, I think you will see some of that this year. Now will Ole Miss get lucky? I don't know, but um, but the, but this is a year where I think financially, t- um, you know, the MLB is going to be squeezed, especially with some of these draft picks. Dirty at a true rebel underscore ninety nine. Any guilty pleasure movies slash TV shows you've liked and watched multiple times throughout your lives? Um, I don't know if it would if if it would be um considered guilty pleasure. I don't know. I mean, maybe like. I don't know, man. I'm not a big TV watcher. Maybe like some American Idol or something. I know that's not the coolest thing. <laughs> American Idol, man. I love I love what some people can sing. I quit watching American Idol because Adam Lambert didn't win his year, and that was just a crime against humanity. So I stopped. So I'm not even going to hate you on that. But if we're talking about movies, I got a lot of them. When Harry Met Sally, Sleeping with Other People, I love those movies. About Time. I've watched that multiple times. I'm a sucker for a rom-com. I'm not even going to hey, lie. Is- how about this? How about this for a low key? And some of my some of my older older listeners will understand. But how about I was like obsessed. I went a whole year where I was obsessed with Dateline, but Ooh. but but we, we we would always watch them real late at night, and it would stress me out. And I felt like I wasn't sleeping well, so I had to force myself to stop watching them. But I would record every Dateline, and like I would love to like sit there and try to figure it out. But then I realized like, hey, my in laws are doing that, and they're sixty five years old. Like maybe I'm. Maybe I should wait another 20 years before I watch every Dateline. But, yeah, Dateline's pretty addicting. Supermarket Sweep, Legends of the Hidden <laughs> Temple, 
Uh, yeah, those are some oldie but goodies. Yeah. Now, current shows, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I've watched from start to finish probably, God, man, 50 times at this point. It's my comfort show. I'm just feeling down. New Girl. I dig New Girl. I'm a sucker for rom-coms. 13 going on 30. There's a guilty pleasure. Don't even feel bad. <laughs> Dirty, at a true rebel underscore 99. If Mike Bianco is fired within the next five years, what's the most likely reason for his departure? Missed College World Series appearances, regional slash super regional record, or mismanagement causing a possible career-ending injury slash embarrassment of the program? None of that. If he's fired, it'll be just like it was with Andy Kennedy. Everybody just felt like it was time. Everybody. Yeah, the whole Mike Mike Bianco situation is, is so crazy. I understand that there's two arguments to this, and there there are people that are really you know on each side of this. You get it, yeah. hey Mike, we hadn't been to Omaha, um, you know, we haven't performed, but at the same time, I mean, we're talking about firing a coach who has a team that's in the top ten um, this year, which is which is just odd to think about for a non revenue generating <laughs> sport, no matter how much you love it. Exactly, exactly, and, and I I, I, I tr- certainly see both sides of the argument, and, and but but if if you put you know, our football coach in the same shoes as Mike Bianco. He was top, you know, 15 every year, recruited well, always had a very good, respectable, com- competitive program. Nobody's saying a word to him, but it's just something about the baseball program. He's put it on such a pedestal that that the expectation is extremely high. And I understand. I mean, it, we, we definitely like to go to Omaha, definitely like to get there. But, I mean, I, I honestly think Mike leaves on his own terms if he ever leaves Ole Miss. And um, I, I think he's just he's earned that. I really do. I mean, I think he's he, he's gay. He's turned the program, you know, to to a, to a whole new level um, from from what it was whenever he first got here. And it's just one of those things, man. I mean, it's it, it's hard to fathom Keith Carter walking there and saying, Mike, you know, you only went 38 and whatever this year. You went 18, 12 in the SEC. You did a terrible job. You're about to be fired. You're only number 12. Um, it's just hard. It's hard to fathom that as as 80. I know it puts Keith Keith in a tough spot. Both you and I completely sympathize with people who are frustrated. I get that frustration. I really do. Because one in seven with advancement opportunities to Omaha, that's bad. That's really bad. And when you got your in-state rival, and I know you say you don't pay attention to them, but you do by post on my message boards, by my Twitter mentions, you do. When they're going to the College World Series a couple of times and other teams that you feel are comparable, if not lower in standard than Ole Miss, they're making it to the College World Series. They're making it to Omaha. You're thinking, okay, well – Oh, Miss, they're investing so much. We're investing so much in this. What's the return on this investment? We should be getting top-level results, and I understand that. And I think that everybody that was remotely rational about it would agree with you and understand that too. But I also completely understand the other side of it and get why it's such a tough deal for everybody. And it's not just Keith Carter and you as a fan and the players – it's Mike Bianco, too. You think Mike Bianco wants to be 1-7 in seven in Omaha advancement opportunities? Of course not. Mike was really close to leaving for LSU a handful of years back. Remember that? He almost yeah. left. So he's not dumb to it. He's not deaf to it, blind to it. He knows. He knows what you're saying. Say what you want to about Mike Bianco. Stubborn? Yes. Dumb? Absolutely not. He's not. Brody Clayton, that Brody Allen, how do you guys see Tim Elko's future playing out? Do y'all think he returns for another year or gets drafted? Depends on if he goes like Cole Zabowski in the 17th round or so, then he can actually maintain some leverage and actually get some more money. If that happens, he's gone, but I think he's likely coming back. It just takes one team, though, one team, because, man, he's coming back playing on an ACL tear, and he's still hitting tanks. One team could fall in love with that dude. In the middle rounds, are you kidding me? They'll just let him get healthy and say, okay, I got like a top eight-round talent. 
at 17, 18, just let him get healthy. And I could not have to pay him all that much. Maybe they pay him a little bit above slot, which isn't all that much in the 17th, 18th round. It just depends. It just takes one team to fall in love with you. So if you ask me right now, I'm saying he's coming back. But the draft is a quirky, quirky thing. Jake Webb at underscore Jake Webb one Should Ole Miss completely reconstruct Oxford University Stadium or should they continue the add-on approach of previous renovations? Look, they're never going to completely tear down a stadium. They want to do that with Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. I think when Keith came on this podcast, one thing he said was like, look, we've got some architects coming in, and we want to do some different things to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. And we're going to let them do like an analysis of what should be done. And I have a real fear that what they're going to say is, we need to tear the whole damn thing down. Because that's what happens. That's why a lot of people were complaining when they just continue to add on to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium rather than make it all look the same. Well, now you've just got a hodgepodge of a stadium, and none of it looks good. Well, Oxford University Stadium, you've done this. Same kind of deal, the same approach. Rather than tear down and start over, you kept adding on. So I think there's some easier things to do aesthetically to the baseball stadium than there is to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Vaught-Hemingway Stadium is a long-term issue. they got a real problem there. Yeah, so so I actually met met with Keith, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago on this. Cause I really want to be a part of of the new, you know, the new facility and the new new stadium. So, yeah, they have had ar- architects look at it, and, and it's just that I think they they know it's going to have to be stripped down to the bones. I know they want to to kind of match. And I mean, we're 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 heavily short on suites too, man. I mean, we have a wait list of over a hundred people. Um, we have we have to get those guys, those people that are willing to pay and and willing to to give the money into the suite. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's just is what it is. And there's going to come a time you can't keep putting it all forever. There's going to come a time where we have to bite the bullet and we have to get Walt Hemingway stadium. Right. And I, I think Keith's going to be the guy to do it. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that's long overdue. Um, you know, the, the demand for Ole Miss is higher now than it's ever been. And, um, you know, I, I'm hoping that, that he can, he can make the right decision on this thing and, and, you know, strip it down and let, let's rebuild it back up. Javi Sanchez at its underscore Javi Sanchez favorite MLS team. I don't have one. Do you? Uh, I know. I mean, I went to a Seattle Sounders game when I was there, and it was freaking awesome. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't really follow soccer like that. Will the men's team qualify for the 2022 World Cup? At this point, you kind of expect that they won't, right? Yeah, no clue. <laughs> okay, sorry, Javi. You're asking two guys that have no clue. Apparently, Nate at Nate underscore Bloomberg does a dry bar at a wedding reception. Affect the money you spend on a wedding gift. You're damn right it does. Absolutely. Now, it's my first cousin, so I gave him 100 bucks. Maybe, maybe, I know he wanted a grill. He wanted a really nice grill. Maybe a big green egg or something. Maybe me and my brothers go in together, buy him a big green egg. That's a really nice gift. But I went into that wedding reception completely sober. And I left that wedding reception completely sober. And, and a stomach bug. And a stomach bug. I'm trying to record this podcast with a stomach bug. I keep having to mute myself because I'm like, so what did I get out of it? Here's the deal. Everybody should agree with this. The wedding is for the couple. It's a celebration of the couple. The wedding reception is for all the guests. It is your responsibility to feed them and get them sauced if they want to be sauced. But does it affect the way you give them gifts? How much money you give them for? Yeah, yes, yes. Because the wedding reception is for us. It's for us. Yeah, you get to dance with your friends and your family. Yeah, you get to spend all this wonderful time with all these people that you've invited. But it's still awkward for us. Don't we deserve a little taste? A little taste, Brad? Just a little taste? 
Absolutely. I thought you'd be more impassioned about this. You're from freaking Hernando. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, I'm not a big drinker, but um, well, I, there know, you go. I know my I know my wife. When we go to a wedding, she's looking um, she's looking to get a drink because she's away from the kids and and a free meal. So. That's right. That's right. We're at that place in our lives where when we go to a wedding reception, we're away from the kids, <laughs> right? Now I wasn't this time because it was my family, but if I was going for a friend, I'd leave the kids at home. That's where we can go get sauced. Maybe they play little yin yang twins like they did in high school. And we're just dropping no. that shit low. Of course. Yes. We call that we call that a, a sophisticated date night at this point. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, I get all dressed up. You know how many times I've dressed up at the last year? Twice. So I'm gonna get all dolled up. My wife even told me I had to put hairspray in my hair because my hair is just absolutely crazy or some shit. If I had to do all this <laughs> The least I can do is go to your reception and drink the booze that you've provided. I'm just saying. But I hope they have a wonderful, prosperous marriage. No more dry receptions. Mississippi, we got to get over this. Forrest Crumbie at Forrest Crumbie. I didn't know that dry wedding receptions were such a trigger for me. Forrest Crumbie <laughs> at Forrest Crumbie. How did KG not make an all-SEC team? I don't know. I really don't know. The outfielders had a lot of good candidates, but still. Still. I mean, in basketball, there's no limit to as many guys they want to put on the all-SEC teams. It's absurd. There's not five for the first team, five for the second team, five for the third team. They have like 20. Kevin Graham should have been on there. I don't get it either. Jake Calloway at Calloway Jake. If we win the regional, do we go to state super? Oh, my God. That's the worst-case scenario, isn't it? And, and you can see them doing it because state's going to be a national seed. Can Bring it imagine? on, baby. Bring it on. Listen, listen. can you imagine after Hayden, Hayden Leatherwood hit that home run, had we not brought in mallets or whatever? Like, yeah, yeah, bring it on. I, I would love to get paired up for him, with him. I mean, a little better pitching decision there, and I think, I think we win that. <laughs> but you don't have Gunner. And in the last 19 games, they're 3-16. and 16. You want to talk about something that pisses people off? 3-16 and 16 in the last 19 against State? That's the worst-case scenario. Not to mention that I have a lot of friends on the Mississippi State beat. Not a lot. Like three. Brian Haydad, Joel Coleman. There are a few of them I really, really like. A lot of them absolutely suck. And they would make this out to be the biggest event in the history of Ole Miss and Mississippi State rivalry. Egg Bowl ain't got nothing on this. And then if Ole Miss doesn't advance, which historically it hasn't. Oh my God, the meltdown. I'm thinking of it from a coverage perspective and being an administrator on the Ole Miss Spirit message board. That sounds awful. Reed at Posey Money Reed, what are your must-haves for wedding receptions? Alcohol. What do we overrate slash underrate at receptions? Overrate is the food. Like they're serving you shrimp cocktails and stuff. I don't need all that. No one's going to complain if you just have barbecue and rolls or chicken tenders for the kids. No one's going to complain. Yeah, no one wants that dry piece of salmon that's been sitting in the thing cooking forever that you, you y'all highly ever paid for. I tell you what, I, let me tell you my favorite thing about wedding receptions and weddings. I freaking love the speeches. When somebody stands up and crushes a speech, like I love it. I mean, I absolutely love. You would have loved my twin brothers. I love a good wedding speech, man. I like. I love when they stand and they click the thing because you, you know all the pressure's on you. You're in the room with a, up to a hundred people, and it's like. All right, how are you going to perform here? Let's see what you got. And Much um, respect for people that could stand up there and just give an absolutely eloquent, wonderful speech and just take the room, captivate the room. 
So at the at, at the beginning of May, uh, I went out. To, like I said, I went out to Kyle Long's wedding, former teammate. And sure enough, Howie gets, stands up and gives a speech. And I feel like I was watching watching Sunday, um, you know, Sunday morning football. He just absolutely crushed it. Um, it, it was crazy. I, I love I love a good wedding speech. But what do we underrate? The band, because the band can ruin a reception outside of not having booze. The band has to be dope. Because you got to get those slow dances with your dad and your daughter. So he can have a little into the mystic with my daughter. And we can film it and he can cherish it forever. That's what we underrate. Because let's be honest. Nobody outside of me wants to go to a wedding reception and listen to the Ying Yang Twins. I do because I'm just thinking of them like you as a party that I don't get to go to anymore. <laughs> I don't pretend, <laughs> pretend to think that that is normal. So as long as the band's playing some funk, as long as the band, you know, very superstitious, all that kind of stuff, as long as they're doing those things, we're good. We're good. We're good. Just bring on the booze. <sighs> Lyle Roberts. Okay, if you're getting married anytime soon, and I know there are a lot of young people that listen to this podcast because of the analytics. They tell me I got a great crowd in the 24 to like 32 range. Y'all are my bread and butter. If you're getting married and you do not have alcohol at your reception, you deserve to be marched through your hometown, whatever, like Cersei Lannister with a shame bell. <laughs> Man, you're starting to sound like alcoholic here. I don't even need much. I don't get to drink anymore. Just three beers. And I'm probably, I probably would have been great. Who knows what my tolerance is anymore, right? <laughs> what, two Smirnoffs and you're hitting the yeah, floor? Yeah, ice me twice, man, and I'd be good. I'd be good. <laughs> be good. Or here's the thing for you. Have somebody in the groomsmen crew, if you're not going to have booze, pass out some gummies. <laughs> Gummy or two, and I'm straight. I'd be in the middle of the dance floor. My wife got on to me. She said, your daughter wanted to dance with you. I'm like, okay, I didn't know that. I'm just sitting back there in the back. Dry as a friggin' desert, thinking, oh, they're having fun. Whatever. Alcohol. Alcohol is what I'm saying. Lyle Roberts, that line to play sports. I do sound like an alcoholic. I swear to God I'm not. Does Doug Nikhazy win SEC Pitcher of the Year outright? No. Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, they're going to get votes. He should. If you just actually looked at every single resume and what they've meant for their team. Now, Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker, they're two of the very best pitchers in the country. They're going to be top three picks in the MLB draft in June. All of that is true. But for what Doug has meant, especially with Gunner going down, he should win it. It's like when Eli lost the Heisman to Danny White. Eli should have won the Heisman. We've been through this before on this podcast. I'm not going to do it again. But for what he meant for that Ole Miss football team, same thing with Doug with this baseball team. He should. He won't. He should. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it – He's certainly up there, but I think the the lighter kid from from Vanderbilt. I mean, he's just he deserves when it. you go that yeah when you go that many no hit innings, man. I mean, they're I mean it's it's to me tough to beat that guy. Brant Reader will close us out here at Brant Reader. He's going to close us out. Will JRP throw one pass for the Ole Miss Rebels this fall? Um, you know, I will say this. I think that um, I think he's still on the fence a little bit on on whether or not he wants to play quarterback. Um, and play wide receiver. I'm, I'm you know, ho- hoping he kind of buys in, buys into the the whole athlete aspect of it. But um, I mean, we'll see, man. I mean, I think a lot of it depends on injuries and development behind Matt Corral. Um, if, if he's if he's like a you know kind of gets in there as like a weapon type guy. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a package or two where he'll be in the wildcat or, or, or be throwing a pass. Um, but but for for the for the sake of John Rice and, and his athletics career, 
if he's still trying to be a quarterback after this year, I think that, um, you know, I think he's doing himself a disservice. I think he is, he has all the tools to be very good, very good football player and, and a weapon for us. Um, and I just don't think his future is in quarterback, but you know, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's tough to tough to swallow that. And, um, it'll be up to him whether or not he wants to go all in at, 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 at a different position. So you do think there's still a chance that he's not here next year? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I, I, I still think it's on the fence. I mean, I think cause when baseball was going really well for him, I felt a little better about it, but kind of lately he hasn't quite got in Leatherwood kind of stepped up and took over that spot. So it's like, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not, 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 not really starting in baseball either. And, um, you know, we'll just see in football, man. I mean, I think there is a, um, I, I think it's still 50, 50. I don't think there's any decision been made. Another talk of champions mailback has come and gone. Got all your questions in. Thank you for every single question that was submitted. And I'm sorry to my cousin, Sam and his bride, Mary Kate. I'm not railing you. I hope you're happy for future wedding receptions. I'm not going to get invited to any weddings now. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Ben, because we know you're going to go on your podcast the next week and shit all over our reception if we don't have beer. You're dead. Right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. This has been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribed, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast: Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Amazon Music, you name it, SoundCloud, it will be there. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omispirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Doug Nikhazy leading Ole Miss baseball in the first game of the SEC tournament tonight, this Tuesday, late, late tonight, the late game. So I'll be staying up with you. Check out the Ole Miss Spirit, omispirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. See you, buddy. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.